Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Lenient Critic Podcast. My name is Rowan Wood. I am the founder and the sole writer of the Lenient Critic. And today, for a regular old episode, no offense, I have back here my friend Foster Harlfinger. Foster, welcome back to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. Um, so uh, we're out of January. Hooray. Uh, but the movies that we are talking about today, at least one of them, is very much a winter release, um, a, a, a late winter release film, mm-hmm. rather. Um, we, today we, we will be talking about Moonfall, The Worst Person in the World, and The Fallout. Um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll you know, say where they're available when we talk to them, uh, talk about them. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, yeah, so um, just some updates on the podcast in general. Um, I am recording everything way out of order these days. Uh, so next week I will be, um, which I've already recorded, I'm going to talk about the Sundance Film Festival this year with my uh, friend Bernard Ozrowski, who has been on the podcast before. Uh, and um, then we are going to continue with our regular episodes uh, until um, we get to uh, March when uh, everything's still going to be going on as normal. And then uh, I want to begin a little mini-series. I have not talked to Foster about this, but I would love to have him on to talk about the Harry <laughs> Potter movies before the release of uh, of the new Fantastic Beasts film. So I do have some uh, hopefully fun things planned uh, for um, for the immediate future uh, of this podcast. But regardless, uh, we are here to talk about some movies. So let's just jump in. Let's talk about Moonfall. I've made a shocking discovery. I need you to get me in touch with NASA immediately. Well, NASA and I aren't really on speaking terms these days. Well, that'll change. When you tell them that the moon is out of orbit. A mysterious force knocks the moon from its orbit around Earth and sends it hurtling on a collision course with life as we know it. Uh, This is Roland Emmerich's latest uh, disaster film. Um, And what more can I say? It is... It, it, it lives up to uh, it, it. It lives up to Emmerich's track record. Let's just subtract the great Independence Day from that. Everything else it fits in perfectly with. Uh, Foster, what did you think of Moonfall? I mean, let's just let's just say what we're all thinking. Is it too early to predict this for Best Picture next year? <laughs> I, I mean, masterpiece. Yeah, um, I, uh, I I particularly liked uh, when none of the jokes landed, uh, and, and and when a lot of the visuals looked terrible. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So here we have um, Patrick Wilson starring alongside uh, John Bradley from Game of Thrones, Halle Berry, um, Charlie Plummer is in there giving, in my opinion, one of the worst performances, unfortunately, of the film. <laughs> um, Michael Pena pops up. Donald Sutherland is in one scene. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is so funny. This is so accurate. I don't Don, I, Donald Sutherland pops up. I'm like, why is he in this movie? But also, of course, he's in this movie. <laughs> they, they, they wanted to put him in the trailer. And I, I mean, when I saw him in the trailer a couple like like a month ago, I was I, I was excited, you know, Donald Sutherland talking about some, you know, secret NASA history. And then yeah. he's gone just like that. Mm-hmm. And Michael um, Pena is in like one scene at the beginning and then doesn't show up for another hour and a half yep. until the end. Yeah. Um, so I will just say there was a <laughs> moment near the beginning when uh, the when, when it's been scientifically proven that the moon is um, – it, its orbit is getting smaller. It is eventually going to collide with the earth and everyone's going to mm-hmm. die. I legitimately thought that this might have gone in the don't look up direction where – 
it, it became an extremely politicized event that, oh, and some people will say, oh, no, the moon's not actually coming to Earth. And some people would say the opposite. Yeah. Um, they sort of tease that with the trailer, weirdly enough, with uh, with a um, like like the head of a radical group sort of preaching about something that I didn't really understand. Um, but they <laughs> they don't choose to go in that direction at all, which is probably good because Don't Look Up would always do it better. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I, I can't say I had high expectations for this movie. Um, and uh, the only reason uh, either of us watched it was for this podcast. Um, because I like subjecting <laughs> my friends to terrible things. Yeah, this is a rave review. <laughs> yeah, one of the top reviews on Letterboxd says, calls this the thinking man's don't look up. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite. Um, yeah, although I will say, like, clearly this is not a good movie. I mean, the, it's about the moon falling onto the earth. So Wait, I don't, what? I know. Uh, although I wouldn't blame you because like, I'm going to be honest, I have no idea what happened in the last third of this movie. <laughs> There's some bonkers reveals in there, but uh, really it's like, what did you expect going into this movie? And if you go into it knowing that it's going to be just the dumbest thing you've ever seen, I think it's actually kind of fun because like uh, a lot of the performances are bad, but some of them are, kind of hilarious like um Halle Berry's husband was really funny to me because yeah. everything he said was just so serious and important um <laughs> I don't know it it's a good time if you're in the right headspace so a thought that I had early on in this movie uh was and, and it stuck with me throughout was this is what would be the finished product if someone asked me to write a Roland Emmerich disaster movie mm. it is far too long the dialogue is unfunny and 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 it, it doesn't really it, it feels really weirdly out of place. And there's way too much lore that honestly doesn't really add too much, even though it's positioned as a, a big reveal, Foster, as you were mentioning earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's I, I, I it would have been far less complicated and more somehow more sensible had they not gone that route. Um, but I don't know. At least it commits, I guess. Um, there are, you know, despite some of the, um, you know, t- terrible looking CGI somehow, I, I, I don't know what the budget was for this movie, but, um, it, uh, I don't know. Some of the action sequences are pretty good. I, I like being in space and the opening, uh, remind, uh, reminded me a lot of gravity for about 30 seconds. And I like that because I like gravity. It's a much better movie. Um, but... <laughs> There's a lot of great quotes for the DVD. At least it commits. Right. I like being in space. It reminded me of gravity. I like gravity. <laughs> those, those are the three um, from the lenient critic. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there are a couple cool images. I think, uh, mm-hmm. even though the effects are really not great, but the the concept behind them is pretty cool. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, also, well, it's John Bradley, right? Who I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty good. Yeah, he, he didn't bother me at all. I think he's actually kind of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, because he's in Game of Thrones and he's just super likable. Um, also, not necessarily in this movie, but I think Patrick Wilson's a little bit underrated. Uh, I really like him. Um, I know you like the Conjuring movies, right? I do. Yes. Yeah, he and Vera Farmiga are like the the heart of those demon possession movies. <laughs> um, He's also really good in a movie, Hard Candy. I think it's like 2005-ish, something like that. Um, also, you have you have not seen the Insidious movies, right? No, but I, I, I think Patrick Wilson said that they're making a new one, so I'll, um, I'll have yeah. to watch them before the new ones come out. So 
I think he was just in the first two. Uh, in the second one, especially, he gets to do some kind of like crazy acting things in it, and it's pretty fun. So, like, I, I like him overall. Um, I don't know why he's in this movie. Also, I don't know why Halle Berry is in this movie. But why is Halle Berry in any movie? Obviously. That's no, exactly. She needs a new agent. Also, she's fifty-five and could pass for late twenties in this mm-hmm. movie. I feel like almost because yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how. I've not really seen her in anything in the past few years. I guess. I mean, she's not been in like the most amazing movies. That's why. But yeah, like there you go. Good for her, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. So Moonfall is definitely a movie, uh, technically. Um, in the most basic sense of the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is a movie that exists and I practically guarantee will be forgotten about very, very soon. Um, in fact, I've already forgotten about it. I have no idea what happened in it. So we're going to move on to, oh, wait, hold on, letter grades. I have not done these in a while. And Foster, Ooh. my first guest, reminded me of it. So what would you give? I would give it an F. Um, I like, <laughs> I don't know. I, like I... Even if it's an F quality wise, I still feel like I was having a fun time watching it just because of how ridiculous it is. And like some of the people in the theater near me, you could tell they were like quietly laughing to themselves and trying not to make noise. You know, they're, <laughs> you know, those, those kind of noise. So that's, it's fun. Um, but yeah, F. You. Yeah, um, I'm a, I'm a, a, a D. I'm willing to give this movie at least some Ooh. credit for committing. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that is that is all I will give it. You're um, living but, up to your name. Exactly, exactly. We are going to move on to a far superior film. Uh, in fact, perhaps the most superior film of 2021, uh, The Worst Person in the World. It chronicles four years in the life of Julie, a young woman who navigates the troubled waters of her love life and struggles to find her career path, leading her to take a realistic look at who she really is. Um, I love this movie. I'm just going to say it straight out. Uh, I really, really loved it. If I had seen it last year, it would definitely have made my list. Um, but it is a wide release now, and which is great. Um, so Foster, what are your thoughts on The Worst Person in the World? Uh, same boat. I thought it was great. Yeah, there you go. Um, this is a uh, it's a Norwegian film um, directed by uh, Joaquin Trier. I in my research, I found out that he did two other films um, set in Oslo and they are called the Oslo. Trilogy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have not seen any of the other ones. I yeah, neither have I. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I know um, one of the actors in here, um, uh, Anders Danielson Lee. Uh, yep. was in at least one of the other ones. Um, by the way, uh, I, we talk about this a bit on next week's episode, but he is the coolest person on the planet. Uh, he is a doctor in between his his film roles. He is, that's actress? Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he, he's a doctor. He, he like... He studied. He studied something in school. My my guest next week kn- knows everything about him because he interviewed him. But like he's married to a supermodel and he is just the best at life. Um, <laughs> but um, anyway, so uh, yeah, this m- uh, movie, the worst person in the world, um, is just it's it's so simple in its premise. It's about this woman, Julie, and it's just about her. As the synopsis said, it's about her trying to figure out who she really is. And that's all there really, uh, that's all there really is to it. Uh, there aren't too many characters. 
Um, and it's, it's really just a wonderful study of, you know, th this is one person's life and you get really attached to not just her, but to everyone else um, in, in her, in her story. So. Yeah. Uh, by the way, last night, so I saw this movie, I saw Q and a with the director and the mm -hmm. lead actress. So that was fun. Um, yeah. The way the, the way the director described it that I kind of liked was um, there's a lot of movies about either finding your soulmate or not finding your soulmate. But what this movie is, is it's like two people who could be soulmates, but they're like 10 years out of sync with one another. So like if the, the stars had aligned in just like a, a little bit of a different way, they could have been really good for each other. This would have been going to mess up these people's names. Just the lead actress and Anders, th those two. <laughs> yeah. uh, like like there, there are parts of their relationship that work really well, but it's clear that like Anders is like 10 years ahead and, mm -hmm. and uh, our lead character, Julie, is um, still figuring things out, I guess. So I, I thought that was an interesting way to look at it. A lot of people describe this as like a rom-com. I didn't really feel that. There's like romantic and funny elements in it, but it's also quite sad at parts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought it was great. I th so I'll just say like the best thing about this movie for me is the performances. Mm -hmm. um, the lead actress, you can pronounce it when, when you're talking. <laughs> I'll just keep calling her the lead actress. <laughs> and uh, Anders, I thought they were both fantastic. I, Honestly, I think Anders is the the scene stealer for me. He has like a couple scenes in like the last twenty minutes of the movie, like in just these like quiet facial expressions that are pretty ridiculous. So does she too. They're both amazing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I thought um, it was great. I'm gonna try uh, Renat uh, Reinsev. Uh, I I'm, su I'm sure it would sound different with an accent, um, but but I, I I genuinely think her performance is one of the best of last year. Uh, I, I think mm -hmm. she is just giving such, um, such a such a genuine, um, you know, she, she delivers everything very real, uh, like very accurately to, you know, I, I assume it would be, um, you know, it's 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 the character and what I think this movie does incredibly well is um, is its depiction of the feeling of being in love. Um, mm -hmm. There is a scene where um, where Julie. Uh, is you, you know if, if if you have seen anything about this movie, you've probably seen it on the poster. It's her running down the street. Time is frozen all around her, and that scene I just really stood out to me mm -hmm. in in just how you know how genuine it felt, uh, both in 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 her performance and the film around it. Just just makes it feel. Um, very real, you know, and and this is all you know juxtaposed side by side with the practicality of of of, of reality, which which isn't always as idealistic as um, as we might think and hope, um, and and that's that's really what I got got out of this movie. You know, it, it's 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 not it's not particularly plot driven, um, but it's 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 just it feels like you're watching the natural progression of this young woman's life, and it, it's 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 funny, it's sad. You know, you're gonna feel almost every emotion. Uh, you, you, like like there are some characters that you'll be mad at for various reasons, and then you'll have a completely different opinion on them twenty minutes later. Mm -hmm. um, it's just it's just so well done in 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 all of its depictions. Yeah, uh, I agree with you about the running scene. That's probably the best scene in the movie. Also, there's a tripping scene in this movie. That's pretty nuts. <laughs> uh, that one's pretty great. Um, yeah, I agree with you. You do kind of feel every emotion, which I think uh, really what it is, and this is also, I'm going to keep talking about the Q&A like a snobby person I am, but uh, he talked about how like the idea was to just 
represent life and all of its messiness, which is part of why it's in chapters. It's there's a prologue and epilogue and mm-hmm. 12 chapters in between. Um, it's just like little bits and pieces of life. Like some of them are fun. Some of them are sad, but together it paints the picture of, of this woman, Julie. And yeah, thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, just, it's just so very, um, I wrote in my review that it's, uh, that it's very casually beautiful. You know, mm-hmm. it, um, it's not, you know, trying to be, you know, visually, well, I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's not necessarily trying to have, you know, like the best cinematography in the world or, or really the best anything. And somehow it, you know, in not, you know, in, in not having a ton of, you know, seemingly a ton of effort behind that, you know, obviously a lot goes into a movie, yada, 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 but it just seems so effortless on their part to, um, to convey all of this, like, like everything that is amazing. Um, about this movie. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of work uh, went into that to make it look so, so smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it, you know, as Foster, as you mentioned, it's, it's sort of divided into, you know, chapters, you know, it's, it's, it's a very light episodic structure, but you know, there is a purpose to each of those chapters. It doesn't form decisions made before and decisions made later. Um, and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's it's it celebrates optimism and and pessimism and everything that's great and everything that's crappy about life uh, and I really really love that. Um, so. Yeah, I feel like this is a good one, a good movie to show people who say they don't like foreign movies because I think this one's pretty accessible. Absolutely. Um, yeah, because like it's, it is an enjoyable watch, um, mm-hmm. and I think it's hard not to get a little emotional at the end ending third, I guess. Right. Which that's really the what put it over the edge for me. Uh, like that's the that's my favorite part of the movie i think is like the the more serious stuff as fun as it is overall right right yeah um so letter grades i know what mine is but i'm curious as to yours i would give it an a minus maybe (laughs) uh i am an a plus uh this is yeah this is an all-timer for me Uh, Mm. but uh yeah so uh, we are going to move on to something uh, far, far more depressing, uh, but also somehow somewhat fun, and that is The Fallout. Yes. Did you know anyone who died? <laughs> I'm so Nightmares. I've to sleep to have nightmares. I've to Tell me about your brother. He was uh, always making me laugh. In the wake of a school tragedy, uh, Veda, Mia, and Quentin form a unique and dynamic bond as they navigate the never linear, often confusing journey in, uh, to heal in a world that feels forever changed. Uh, this is the um, directing debut of actress Megan Park, uh, played at South by Southwest last year and released on HBO Max just uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, this stars uh, Jenna Ortega as uh, Veda. Um, Maddie Ziegler recently uh, popped up in West Side Story. She plays Mia. Uh, Niles Fitch as Quentin. Shailene Woodley also popping up in here. Julie Bowen as the mom. Um, yeah, uh, this... Um, this re- was not really on my radar until about a week before it came out. Mm-hmm. I watched it and I really, really, uh, really, really liked it. 
Um, so Foster, your thoughts on the fallout? Yeah, I thought it was good. I, I'm not like completely blown away by it. I am completely blown away by Jenna Ortega though. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is so good in this movie. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no chance she gets nominated for this really anywhere because of this weird release date that it had and just being dropped on HBO Max. But she's so, so, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like that combined with like the the dialogue, like it's really going for like this awkward teen dialogue, like especially Gen Z dialogue to the point where it's really uncomfortable because it's like, I don't know if I'm uncomfortable because it's bad dialogue or because it's nope that's how that's how we talk and it's just embarrassing (laughs) to see yourself represented so accurately um but yeah that so that combined with jenna ortega's performance creates some like really uncomfortably real scenes like i thought the therapy scenes were really good too like Mm -hmm. those felt really real to me with shailene woodley as her therapist um yeah so jenna ortega that's the review Yes. Uh, yeah, I, you know, it, it, it felt quite authentic to me. That was another great word to describe worst person, uh, authentic. Um, but yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very I mean, true to life. If the, if the moon were to fall. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It, if, if in fact there were aliens inside the moon. Um, this is but, true. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, back to the fallout. Um, I really, um, yeah, I, like you, I was absolutely blown away by Jenna Ortega. I think, um, she, you know, we're going to see her pop up in a, um, next month in X, uh, yeah, we are. Four film. <laughs> um, uh, another, you know, being released in March, so probably won't get too much awards attention. Uh, it's, it's quite disappointing. She's, she's a, a really fantastic actress. Um, she, you know, she she got some time to uh, to shine and scream as well. Uh, even yeah, she, she crushed that opening. Characters. By the yes. way, yeah. that was so good. She's so good. Yeah, um, you know, two of her, uh, you know, two amazing performances by her uh, in January, which you, which is not something said about a lot of uh, actors. Um, but yeah, I just loved any time she was on screen. I think um, she captured. Um, the feelings in the um, in the aftermath of a tragedy very well from you know trying to um, through through all the various stages of grief uh, trying to push everything and everyone away to going back to welcoming everyone to pushing them away all you know sometimes within a matter of one scene mm-hmm. um, I, I I just think you know every character choice she makes is excellent and I could watch her all day I, I would not mind if she was literally you know, if she was the only main character, of course there are a few, um, but she's like, she's like the main main. If there was a main main, it, it would mm-hmm. be her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, so I genuinely thought I didn't watch any trailers for this. Uh, I wanted to go in as fresh as possible. I find that's something that I'm enjoying more and more now. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, um, I thought that, this whole movie was going to be the two girls in the bathroom uh, during the uh, tragedy, which is a school shooting. If you didn't know those of you listening out there. Um, and so I was genuinely surprised when the opening sequence is over in less than 10 minutes, um, which of course, given the title makes perfect sense. It's about the fallout. Um, but I like, I, I, I was fully prepared to watch it be Jenna Ortega and Maddie Ziegler just, you know, dealing with everything in a bathroom for an hour and a half. And I think I would have loved that too. Uh, Mm -hmm. If, if they decided to go that route, these are some very talented young, um, young actors um, that, and, 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 you know, 
they've been in other stuff before then, but I would really say this is their, you know, th- this is their dramatic debut. I think this is the movie that um, people are going to be looking back on and saying this was like this was when they really um, this was when they really showed us what they could do. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I really, really like the fallout. I think I liked it a little more than you. Um, I, yeah. I just liked sort of, you know, um, hanging out sounds a little bit too casual for the subject matter. Yeah, um, yeah but that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Just sort of um, being, you know, sort of being a part of of um, of these these people's lives after this horrible, unspeakable tragedy that, you know, obviously wouldn't wish on anyone ever. Um, but uh, yeah, and it it doesn't deal with the harrowing subjects as much as I thought it would. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I don't know what it was about it. It's not like they strayed away from it, um, but it wasn't nearly as as graphic or intense as I thought it would be. Granted, this is this movie is not for the faint of heart. It's quite upsetting at points, um, but I do think that um, I do think that you know it's it's um, it's it's slightly more. Um, more clean than it could have been, which is like, which is not a problem at all. Um, they chose to focus on the characters rather than the event, uh, which was which was a choice, and I think it 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 benefits the movie because that's what the movie is. Um, but yeah, so the fallout I quite enjoyed. Yeah, I like what you're saying. One thing I read described it as yes, focusing on the fallout of. A school shooting but it's also giving these characters the freedom to just be teenagers um and i think that is felt pretty strongly so yeah i really liked it things i liked i thought the opening was done really well um like how it starts like any other school day um little bits of drama between the characters and then the scene in the bathroom i thought all that was great um oh there, funnily enough there's another tripping scene in this movie as well that is uh kind of surprisingly fun at parts but also kind of upsetting with jenna ortega's character in the classroom like there's this kind of like slapstick thing she does across the stairs where the way she's walking in like slow motion that was kind of like a a weirdly funny moment in the movie um but uh what am i saying the ending also i thought was really impactful um that kind of took it out of the world of the movie a little bit and made it hit home that this is actually a reality for a lot of people um yeah i guess i I don't really have like anything outright negative about the movie i guess just in some ways it felt this is not going to be the right word and it's too harsh for what i'm actually feel feeling inside but like a little bit inconsequential like um i don't know i kind of just watched it and it didn't really stick with me as much as i feel like it should have given the subject matter and then the other thing is so as far as the like teen dialogue stuff i think it's like really really good and kind of like weirdly accurate at parts especially like uh the younger sister character which by the way that's another great thing about this movie is the relationship between jenna ortega and her younger sister but like the younger sister's doing like tiktok dances in the kitchen for example and stuff yikes it is like almost scarily accurate like how (laughs) how it captures kids like this it's like a little bit painful to watch but for a movie that's going for 100% realism with the dialogue between these characters, I feel like you kind of 
put yourself in a little bit of a corner when that's your goal, because then there's just little tiny things for me that stand out as being like, mm, I don't think people would do that. Or mm, I don't think the the texting between the characters would have quite so many abbreviations. Like, like I'll give you one tiny random specific example. I'm a, I'm a huge nitpicker. <laughs> if you haven't picked up on this, but like, uh, in texting, I almost never see anybody use the letter R in as an abbreviation for A-R-E or U for Y-O-U, but it's something that's in this movie. And I'm thinking like, if it's really going to be 100% perfect, I want it to like completely uh, echo my experience as a human being who texts. <laughs> and it's like, that, that was a thing when you had phones that had nine buttons and you had to like type the letters manually by pressing the button multiple times. But like, I don't know, I've... I don't know. So like little things like that or other little dialogue quirks. I can't remember them because it's been like two weeks since I've watched this movie, but I just remember that being my feeling. I have rambled way too long on this really specific point that doesn't matter to anyone except me. But <laughs> yeah, overall thought it was good, but maybe not as like mind blowing or affecting as it could have been to me. Mm-hmm. I know uh, one person who says you and are, but sometimes it's not all the time. It's quite inconsistent because that's who people are. People are inconsistent and don't always yeah. do the same things. Um, so, uh, yeah, that is the fallout, which is now streaming on HBO max. Uh, what would be your, uh, letter foster? Letter I'm going to give it a B. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am an a minus. Uh, I quite like this movie. Um, especially, I mean, the, the lead characters and the lead performances really yeah. bring it up for me. I give Jenna Ortega an a plus. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, the worst person in the world is in theaters currently. Um, and uh, there is a very strong I, – I believe we. I'm recording this. It's actually going to come out this episode the day before the Oscar nominations are announced. Oh, yeah. Um, I would not be surprised if I, – actually, I will be surprised if this movie, if Worst Person, is not nominated for um, Best uh, Foreign Language Film. Um, and we'll be also surprised if it doesn't win. Um, but I guess we'll have to see. I don't think it's going to win. What the nominations are. Uh, know, I, think, really. I think Drive My Car is winning. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Right. I have not so, seen that yet. You so may be surprised. I can't, <laughs> I can't speak to it. Yeah. Um, I do think it'll be nominated, though, almost yeah. for sure. And there's a chance that this actress gets nominated because there's almost always like one random foreign actor that pops mm-hmm. up and she has like a lot of hype right now. Yeah. Um, and that best actress category is kind of bonkers because someone like Kristen Stewart, who you would think should be getting nominated absolutely everywhere, did not get a SAG nomination, did not get a BAFTA nomination, yet somehow Lady Gaga got both of those, I believe. Um, yeah, so I don't know, kind of kind of a weird state that category's in that I feel like she could slip through because everyone loves her in this movie. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, but, uh, so Moonfall is also in theaters. If you want to check it out, don't. Um, but we are going to move on to our coming attractions. We have five movies uh, coming out in the next few weeks that I want to discuss. Some of them I have stuff to say about, and some of them I really don't. Uh, first is Death on the Nile, coming out mm. February 11th. Um, three of the actors in this film have not aged well since this film. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> They're really selectively editing these these trailers to, to exactly. not show certain people too much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Foster, did you see Murder on the Orient Express? I did. And I've seen the original Murder on the Orient Express from the seventies, which is fantastic. And I've seen the sequel to that Death on the Nile with Peter Ustinov, which, yeah, I I love murder mysteries. So I'm all, I'm all excited. for. Not only did you do the homework, you did the extra credit too. Yes, sir. 
Um, so yeah, so Death on the Nile is the next Hercule Poirot mystery, starring once again starring and directed by I believe uh, Kenneth Branagh. Uh, yep. returning as the lead uh, detective. Uh, mm-hmm. I am quite excited for this movie. Um, it's been five years since Murder on the Orient Express, but I really liked it when I saw it. Haven't seen it since, not for any particular reason. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that I, I, I am quite excited. You know, this is, it's similar to Knives Out in the way that they are assembling a big uh, all-star mm-hmm. cast, putting them in a specific location. Looks like Knives Out 2 is also going to take place on a ship, at least in part. Yeah. Um, so, uh I, I have a feeling I know which one of them I'm going to like more, but obviously yep. too, too early to tell. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah. It's doing the knives out thing, except the knives out is better. That's, exactly. that's the way it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I think from what I've seen in the trailers, the setting looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, the aesthetics are great. You know, we got Russell Brand in here sporting a, a very yes. fake looking beard. Um, <laughs> uh Army Hammer, Letitia Wright, Gal Gadot, just got to get them out of the way. Um, I don't even know what happened with one out of those three, but continue. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, My mind just went blank. Who else is in this? Um, Tom Bateman, it says. Um, Annette Bening is popping up here. Uh, Who else? Who else? Who else? Um, Rose Leslie, Emma Mackey from Sex Education, one of my favorite actresses from that show, is mm-hmm. in there as well. Uh, Sophia Kendo, um, Jennifer Saunders. Uh, I have not read the book, so I don't know which one of them gets murdered, which is going to yeah. be quite interesting to, uh, yeah. to see. Yeah. And even though I've seen the, the, the original movie, I also don't remember. Right. <laughs> so that's not going to help me here. Yeah. Um, um, so, Foster, I assume that you will be going to see Death on the Night. Yeah, I am. I, so I didn't actually love the, the Murder on the Orient Express, Kenneth Branagh version. I thought it was good, but I don't know. Like, uh, the way the mystery worked out, I did not think the way they did it was completely convincing in the movie. Um I don't know. It is fun though. So like I would watch it again and be perfectly fine. But like, I think it's just because right after that came knives out, which I think is amazing. And I've watched many times since then. So it's just kind of pales in comparison for me personally, but like, it's a nice looking movie. I love Kenneth Branagh just in general. Um, and yeah, I like, so my favorite genre is horror, but if murder mysteries would be a close number two for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So there we go. And yet, yeah, like you're saying, it's going to be really interesting to compare to Knives Out too, because it is like the exact same setting. Yep. Um, In the same year, uh, the yeah. franchises have caught up with each other. Yeah. Um, but yeah. This has been delayed, I feel like a million times, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. I, I think it was going to come out in like 2019 and then they pushed it to 20. And then we, we know what happened there. 21. Now mm. you're in 22. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, also coming out on February 11th is Marry Me, uh, which is also a movie that is coming out on Valentine's Day weekend that is much more suited to Valentine's Day weekend. Um, Owen Wilson plays this guy who goes to a concert for the singer played by Jennifer Lopez, who is supposed to get married to her fiance on stage, uh, at a concert. However, uh, she finds out her fiance is cheating on her. And so she selects Owen Wilson from the audience to marry. And I would assume it follows the very typical rom-com formula of them eventually falling in love. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, John Bradley from Moonfall also popping up in here, uh, 
strangely Yikes. enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he needs help. <laughs> exactly. He needs, um, he needs a better, you know, he, yeah. he, he's coming right off of game of Thrones. He's, he's sort of figuring out how to choose his own projects. But um, yeah. So Foster, what is your, do you have any opinion on marry me? Um, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel like it's the kind of movie, if I were to see it, I'd probably have a fine time, but I'm, I don't plan on watching it. Yeah. To- to- totally fair. Uh, if I get a screener for this, I'll watch it. If I don't, I won't. Ooh, um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Uh, big man over here with the, <laughs> with the marry me screeners. If I get a screener, that means I have to review it. So yeah. we'll see. <laughs> what is the um, what is the company who would send you the uh, it's NBC Universal? Uh, so I don't know if I get enough views or or anything to um for them to send me something. Uh, oh, are I you know, asking them for one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the. I know Ooh, the so you are interested in. Yeah, in yeah. <laughs> you don't have to, don't don't pretend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you know, I like the cast. I think that's yeah. it, it. It looks like a very typical rom-com obviously but yeah. for some reason it's getting more fanfare than i feel like they usually would you know it's it's being uh, promoted extensively it is releasing on valentine's day weekend it's mm-hmm. also going to be on peacock as well uh on the on the day of um so if halloween kills is any indication i think we can know what to expect from this one um, mm. <laughs> but uh yeah so yeah, it's a lot of killing exactly yep exactly yeah. you nailed you hit the nail yeah, right watch, on the out, head. watch out for j-lo um <laughs> she'll hustle you <laughs> wouldn't want to mess with her she'll <laughs> hustle you exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah so marry me will be in theaters uh now we're on to february 18th we got three big ones coming out then uh the first is uncharted uh will it be the first great video game movie movie adaptation uh, probably no. not but it, it it looks interesting to say the least. I've never played any of the games. Uh, no, nope, me neither. Yeah, I'm not a video game person. I'm going to sound like an idiot talking about this movie. Uh, me too. I the only games I've ever played are the Last of Us games and um, Lego games when I was younger. Um, yeah. So I, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Uncharted stars Tom Holland as a young uh, Nathan Drake. Just come on. I, I haven't played the games and I don't really care, but cast Nathan Fillion. He looks so much more like the character. Mm-hmm. And I saw that short film. He looked like he was having a lot of fun. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, Mark Wahlberg is also in there. <laughs> as I, I, I don't really know what to say about this movie. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg is here as Sully. I know Antonio Banderas is the villain. Uh, I'm going to see this just because it looks exciting enough. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> of course, we rag on it and then we'll see right. every movie. Of course, um, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, here's the thing. I really like Tom Holland just in general, and I feel like he's – actually a really good actor did you see cherry or devil all the time all the devil all the time i don't but they're in my queue in their respective streaming services he's great in both of those movies mm-hmm. so like i don't like when people are like oh look at tom holland just being himself there all the time because i think he's like actually really really good um that being said uh yeah i think he does not seem right for this movie um, and like the humor in the trailer doesn't work. By the way, this has the stupidest line on the planet when uh, someone's talking to Tom Holland about like, who are you? And he's like, oh, I'm Mark Wahlberg's friend. And she's like, Sully doesn't have any friends. I should know. I'm one of them. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I thought you were going to say um, the the joke from one of the uh, the end of one of the trailers where a guy comes up and starts uh, to Tom Holland and starts speaking in very rapid and thick Scottish. Yeah. Uh, and I, I loved how I said that like it's a language. Um, and, 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 and Tom yeah. Holland just is very confused. I laughed at that the first time I saw it. Yeah. Uh, and it got old very fast. Uh, yeah. It's, the it's, more I saw it. it's like that Eternals trailer mm-hmm. fall collection. Ikea. Yeah. Uh, and, and eight million times by the time the movie rolls around i'm just gonna roll my eyes when it comes on yeah um but you know it's 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 a video game action movie uh, and i feel like that's really all there is to it which is fine by me yeah it could be fun i'm being exactly. mean it might be fun i mean I'm... <laughs> it might be fun i don't know if it's gonna be good but i mean moonfall not great i had fun at some points so mm-hmm. hope maybe that's the experience we'll have with uncharted who knows? Who knows? Yeah. No, like you, as snobby as I am, I'm a movie optimist. I like, mm-hmm. I try and find good things in yes. everything. Like I, I go into every movie wanting to like it and I, I hate not liking things. Yeah. Um, yeah, me too. That's why go. I decided to be the lenient critic. There um, we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also on February 18th, we have uh, Dog, a movie that I saw the trailer for a couple hours ago in front of Moonfall uh, starring Channing Tatum as a guy that brings a dog uh, across the country. Um, what a day you've had. I think, yeah, I think I have less to say about this one than I have any of the other ones that we've talked about today. Correct. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's so. You know what it's it is. It's dog. Yeah. Come it's on. dog. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, it just, you know, it's like a buddy comedy type thing, except one of the buddies mm-hmm. just so happens to be a dog. Um <laughs> That's the worst description for this movie, but okay, carry on. It's, it's really accurate. Come on, give me some okay. credit. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I I really don't know if I'm going to see this one. It it just doesn't look like there's too much substance to it. Maybe you know it's going to come out and the reviews will say, "Wow, it, it actually has this incredibly deep meaning." And you know, maybe maybe the real friends was the dog that we made along the way or something. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't yeah, know. I mean, there's one of these every year, though. One of these dog movies yeah. um, that I, I've not watched any of them, honestly. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I will say Bill Burr is in this movie, who I love, uh, and that. That appeals to me a little bit. I think he's in this, right? I'm remembering him from the trailer. Yeah, he um, pops up in the trailer for like, uh, for for one shot. Why he is in this movie? Fantastic question. That's how I feel about everything that he's ever been in. Like he pops up in the Mandalorian, and it's okay. <laughs> but he's pretty great in it. Um, yeah, yeah. And- I don't know. There's in the trailer. There's like this one scene where. He, Channing Tatum is pretending to be blind and then <laughs> pretends his dog got the purple heart or whatever. It's like, yikes, guys. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that this is the the scene to include in your movie to sell people, but all right. <laughs> that that scene alone to me says, like, yeah, I'm not I'm not interested in this. I Right. This movie's sense of humor is not working for me, but yeah. I'm hope someone likes it <laughs> exactly that's 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 all you can really hope for uh but like you like you so desperately wanted to earlier we're going to move on to the texas chainsaw massacre uh one of those legacy sequels that they're putting out now for every single horror movie franchise um and this one is uh as far as i know it's a direct sequel to the first one um uh releasing direct to video on uh, sorry direct to streaming on netflix 
which mm. is um, which is interesting. I have not, uh, you know, I, I think this might be the first. You know, we, we had the Chucky series, um, but aside from that, they've all been they've all been big theatrical events uh, up until now. Um, I have not seen the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I will see it uh, before this new one comes out. Um, I know they are bringing back uh, the final girl from the first film, uh, played yeah. by a different actress, unfortunately, because the original um, passed away. Uh, she is now being played by. Wow, why am I? Uh, Olwen Foray is now playing Sally Hardesty. Um, she was originally played by uh, Marilyn Burns in the original film and uh, mm-hmm. and some of the sequels. Um, but uh, she died in unfortunately in 2014. So now we have a new actress. Um, I didn't watch the trailer for this. Uh, I'm gonna watch it anyway, just because it's a horror yeah. movie and uh, it's it's a horror Netflix movie. And horror Netflix movies are incredibly easy to watch, um, especially when I'm doing something else. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I just I'm looking it up now. I think this movie is 81 minutes. Wow, that does not bode well. Um, but yeah, I have seen the original. I. I like things about it. It's not like my favorite horror movie. It's just kind of grimy. Uh, so it's like like Halloween or Scream or Elm Street or any of those are like fun to watch, even mm-hmm. though they're horror movies. But this one's like just kind of like you want to take a shower after it. But like there, there's some great things about it and there's some pretty cool images. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll probably watch this, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've not seen any of the other Texas Chainsaw movies. At some point, I'd like to go through all of them. I'm too busy to do that right now, so <laughs> right. Uh, won't, it won't be this week. But there are a lot, and 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 from what I yeah. know, they're like most of them are supposed to be terrible. Yep. Um, although I'm sure there will be another Texas Chainsaw movie five years from now because there's new horror sequels for every horror franchise every few years. So mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> one of these days I will get to it. Um, also, th- I did watch the trailer. It mar- it says something like, uh, you know how movies do this, from the studio that brought you blank. Right. And, and they say, like, don't breathe and some other movie. And I'm thinking, like, that means nothing. Like, studios make five million movies a year. Yeah. Like, like, that also doesn't bode well for me. Because I don't think this director has done anything super significant. David Blue Garcia, yeah, has, one like, one movie from 2018 called Tejano. So... Mm-hmm. That's all. I don't know why you would give uh, a huge franchise like this to a director who's barely made anything uh, unless it's not going to be a great movie. So I unfortunately don't have high hopes for it. But again, I will probably watch it. Um, I know myself and I'm probably going to watch this movie (laughs) right when it comes out. Um, The trailer, uh, I would say, is a fine trailer, but it has some moments where it's like, Mm, depending on how the movie goes, like these moments could either be like fun and creepy or they could be really stupid and laughable. Um, I just don't, I can't quite pin down the tone this movie is going for. Like if it's trying to be completely serious, which if it is, then I would say, I don't know that it's going to work too well, but if they lean for something that's like a little bit funnier and self-aware, not, not like, um, not like scream or anything like that, but just like, uh, um, I don't know. I can't think of a good comparison off the top of my head. Just something that's trying to have fun rather than like be genuinely edgy. Um, right. Because the, the, the being genuinely edgy can come across as kind of cringy. And that's a little bit of the vibe I got from the trailer. Um, mm-hmm. 
there we go. Yeah. I don't know. I had way more thoughts about that than I thought I did. So you go ahead. <laughs> well, I, uh, I, I, I guess we'll have to see. I, I really have no connection to this franchise and uh, therefore no, no stake in whether it's really in whether it's really great or not. Um, so, but I, I, I will be watching this regardless. It is what it is. It's, it's, it's a yeah. Netflix horror movie. Are you going to um, watch the original? I will watch the original before I watch the new one. And that is all I will watch because um, the sequels, uh, I know Matthew McConaughey, one of his first film appearances was in one of the Texas yeah. Chainsaw movies. You're um, saying you're not going to watch Texas Chainsaw 3D? I think I'll be okay. I have as much interest in that one okay. as I do uh, Piranha 3DD. Um, so, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is to say a lot of interest. Which is to say so, yeah, so yeah, much yeah. interest. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, so that's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That'll be on uh, Netflix. And the rest will be in theaters, except for Marry Me, which will be in theaters and on Peacock uh, for at least a month, I think. So you can watch it twice in the same day. Or if you're Rowan, three times because you get a screener. Exactly. I'm going to pay for it twice. And then I'm going to watch it for free. Um, I will be rooting for you. Thank you. Thank you. Get that screener. I'm praying for my own soul. Okay. Um, so, uh, for today's spotlight, we are going to talk about uh, movies with alliterative titles. I almost said illiterate titles, and <laughs> that would have been very confusing. Um, so, this is because of the very thinly veiled inclusion of Moonfall and Marry Me, all of which start with the letter M. Um, so, we are going to count down our movies, um, our, our favorite movies that have alliterative titles. Uh, you know, I, this is a pretty loose category in that, you know, there could be other smaller um, words, you know, uh, connected words within the titles, you know, for the A um, that, that don't really count um, in the, in the grand scheme of the title. Um, but uh, yeah, so this is really based on title alone. I, I ranked it at how much I actually like the movies that I was, that I was listing, Um but uh, or not just how great the titles were. I guess that's that's one way you theoretically could have gone. But um, yeah, uh, Foster, what is your number five in the movies uh, with alliterative titles? My number five is a has a twofer for its alliterative title. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy is my number five. Um, so this is a movie that a lot of people don't like because it's really slow and <laughs> a little bit pretentious. Um, but I love it. Uh, it has grown on me so much. I've seen it like, I think three times now, maybe first time I watched it did not love it, but it's one that I so desperately wanted to like, cause it just looked so cool to me. And cause I love this cast. Uh, I'm going to rattle off the names in this cast. <laughs> Gary Oldman is the lead. Uh, uh, Colin Firth, Tom Hardy, John Hurt, Toby Jones, Mark Strong, Kieran Hines, Stephen Graham, Benedict Cumberbatch. Boom. It is a bonkers cast. They're all great in it. Gary Oldman is the best. Um, the score is really good. It's directed by Thomas Alfredson. I think that's how you would say his name. He did uh, Let the Right One In, the horror movie, which is also a good movie. Um, he also did, I think, The Snowman, which I have not seen, but by all accounts is a terrible movie. <laughs> so moving on. Uh, great movie. It's kind of like the anti-James Bond in the sense that it's like a, a spy movie, except it's really slow and it's just a whole lot of people sitting around a table talking slowly and like a lot of slow sneaking around and and some subtle British glances to the side, you know, but like uh, it's really good. The premise is that there's a mole in MI6 and uh, Gary Oldman has to find out who it is. And it's like a really simple premise. So it's like as, as complicated as the plot gets, the actual core of it is super straightforward. Um, mm-hmm. 
but yeah, it's super stylish. Like visually, it's amazing to look at. So, so, so good. It's like one of my favorite looking movies ever. And as I've rewatched it a couple times, like the plot has become more and more clear to me. And I, I'm like, re- I remember all the character names, not not fully right now, but like as I rewatch it, I'm like, ah, I remember these people. And yeah, I'm talking too long about this one movie <laughs> for this list, but I really love it. So like all five of these movies are like favorite movies of mine. So Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Nice. Uh, that has been in my HBO Max queue forever. Um, I'll get to it eventually. Uh, my number five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, my number five is a movie that I am completely and totally biased against, but it is one that um, I hope more people will get to see soon. And that is a movie called Red River Road that mm. was produced uh, in my hometown of Chatham, Massachusetts by some people that I know. Uh, right before I came home, uh, I came back to school from winter break. Uh, I went to its premiere at the local theater that I work at, um, and in which the filmmakers were in attendance. There was a Q&A afterward. It was a lot of fun. Um, this is a movie that my friends uh, Paul and Jade Schuyler, along with their kids, um, filmed in the early days of the COVID-19 quarantine. Uh, it is about a family um, stuck in a, another pandemic, uh, albeit a far worse one where you're not allowed to leave your house, uh, the government delivers you a package every morning, and you're not allowed to use electronics because that is how the virus spreads. Um, I, you know, this is, it is going to sound incredibly cliche when I say that it's about sanity unraveling and it's about staying, you know, it's, it's about the, um, it's about, um, the the potential uh, you know drawbacks of a plan like this uh in in a far worse pandemic than the one that we are still currently in um and uh yeah just everything about this again super biased because i know almost everyone involved Mm -hmm. uh the acting is fantastic uh there are some really uh interesting and creepy effects in there uh and it was made on a budget of practically nothing um, with mm-hmm. nothing but the family uh, to do it. And they all act in it. There are some shots, some really interesting dolly shots that the entire family is in that is absolutely fascinating as to how they pulled it off. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, I actually got a chance to see this uh, last summer before they had polished it. And it was, they have just improved it so much after it being on the festival circuit. So, fingers crossed that it gets uh, picked up or uh, distributed um, soon by someone. Uh, online or in theaters so that more people get to see it um that is red river road very cool they should hire you be there be their spokesperson (laughs) um yeah so foster your number four my number four is gone girl uh this is david fincher i think it came out 2014 um it's based on a book which also tinker taylor is based on a book but i have not read that one i did read gone girl it's a fun book um yeah, this is probably my second favorite David Fincher movie. And David Fincher is like one of my favorite directors. I think I've seen everything he's made. Um, uh, yeah, like like after after Social Network, this is my favorite. I think Rosamund Pike is amazing in this movie. Like so, so, so good. Um, I remember she lost to Julianne Moore for Still Alice, which is a really good performance, but it's also like one that's clearly gunning for the Oscar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think Rosamund Pike was, would have been my pick. She's so good. Uh, have you seen this movie? No, I've not. Okay, um, I won't say anything m- much else about that the plot then. But basically, um, uh, Ben Affleck's wife goes missing. That's mm-hmm. the plot of this movie. She is the Gone Girl. Uh, so clever title in that there is a girl who is gone and. 
the title is Gone Girl. So I was can, I was a little confused on the title, so thank you. Yeah, yeah, you can see for, you can you yeah. can see what they were what they were doing there with that title. So yeah, clever title, good movie. Um, ben Affleck, I think, is good in this movie. People kind of rag on him a little bit, and he has this kind of like dopey grin that he does in this movie. But I think it works perfectly for the character. Um, Neil Patrick Harris is also in this. Interestingly, he's pretty good. Um, he's got a supporting role. Oh my gosh, the music. It's Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross who do the score, who've done like a lot of Fincher's recent stuff. It is so, so, so good, the score for this movie. Um, they won for The Social Network, uh, but I, uh, there's there's like a couple tracks in Gone Girl that I like even more than the score for The Social Network, um, I think. Uh, yeah, visually it's amazing. David Fincher is, I think, a genius. Um, and I love the way he shoots movies. It's like clinical, almost the way the way the camera moves and follows people along. It's just got a great vibe. Um, very unpredictable movie. Very fun. Love it. Love it. Love it. Next. Excellent. <laughs> uh, my number four is Peter Pan, uh, the original. Which one? Um, okay. Yes, the original from the '30s. I want to say um, this isn't a movie that I go back to a lot, uh, but I still think despite one or two scenes that we will not talk about. Um, it is uh, it is still very much a classic uh, about, you know, uh, not wanting to grow up, wanting to be a child forever. Uh, those themes spoke to me when I was younger, and they still speak to me now. Um, mm-hmm. As I am becoming a legal adult, as I am currently a legal adult, I've been it for more than a year, um, it, uh, it is something that I still think about sometimes. Uh, and just... You know, this is the, you know, the, the very early bit of the golden age of Disney animation. Um, and it's just it's just wonderful to see where a lot of, you know, th- this came out in a time when so many films that are now considered iconic, not just in terms of visuals, but in terms of themes and in terms of basically everything else uh, was, you know, was emerging and just the like, I know, you know, this is this is I believe it's an adaptation uh, I'm 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 not as brushed up on on, on my 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 Peter Pan knowledge of as the I book probably should be yeah yeah Jay and Barry um, that, yeah yeah because Finding Neverland is about right. the author of right yeah um, yeah but uh, there is just there's a certain I guess what I'm saying is it always I like whenever I think about it I always bring it back to the theme that I am constantly thinking about so yes Peter Pan is wonderful and charming uh and let's all skip let's all skip that scene next time we watch it um, yeah but, uh, it is from 53 53 wow so 20 years <laughs> 20 years after still still that's okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah so your number three three foster my number three is donnie darko um here we get to like my my film bro picks um <laughs> but yeah i love this movie uh have you seen it i have not seen it if Ooh, i had I think, i'm sure it would be on my list oh boy you're gonna like this movie i can, i think it's up your alley uh jake gyllenhaal really good also very young in this movie so it's kind of fun because you're seeing him he's like i don't know 20 maybe maybe even younger um Patrick Swayze is also <laughs> in this movie. Um, yeah, I don't even know how to describe this movie. It's like part sci-fi, part horror, part um, coming of age. It's like a really weird mix of, of genres, I think. And I think that might be why it appeals to a lot of people. The, the horror elements, I don't know if you've seen The Bunny. Mm, um, absolutely. Real creepy, the way they do One it. One of my well, friends is afraid of the, of the bunny from Donnie Darko, so I've made several jokes at her expense. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, it's right, right behind you. It's. Do you know its name? No, I do not. Frank. 
Frank. Uh, <laughs> that's not a spoiler. I think they say it pretty early on. He's Frank the bunny. Um, yeah, the way they do the voice of the bunny too is so creepy. I love it. It like kind of consumes the room when he speaks. It's so good. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is pretty fantastic, of course, because he's uh, incapable of being bad, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, music is great too. Uh, oh, Drew Barrymore also, I think, is in this movie. I was blanking on her for a moment, but yeah. Jenna Malone, it looks like. I think this is Seth Rogen's first appearance really? in the movie. It's really early on because he's just like a student in the background waiting for the bus and has like a few lines in a couple scenes. Um, so that's kind of random. Maggie Gyllenhaal also plays Jake Gyllenhaal's sister in like <laughs> a couple scenes. Um, yeah, uh, it's a great movie. Um, and there you have it. Uh, yeah. it's just fantastic and creative. There's a director's cut that has like a lot of extra footage. Cause a lot of people like to dig into the world. It's like one of those puzzle movies almost that you can like dig deeper in and uncover new theories that you have about the way this world works. It's, it's, it's fun. Right. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, my number three is guardians of the galaxy. Mm. Uh, the, the original, um, you know, sort of stretching the rules here just a little bit. Um, uh, but I, I I love it. The original Guardians. I I love Guardians too, uh, but Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two does not really conform to the rules as much. So I'm going with the original. Uh, it's it is in my opinion um, one of the best Marvel team up movies, um, only uh, behind Avengers Endgame for me. Um, I I just think that you know this this was the movie that really showed the wider world what James Gunn could do. You know th- this of course was not his debut. Um, this this was when he he I, I believe he became a household name, especially for people who watch superhero movies, which is you know which it feels like everyone does these yep. days. Um, just the the chemistry of everyone in the cast is just so electric. Uh, this movie's hilarious, uh, and it, it it doesn't really bog itself down by trying to connect very much to the larger MCU. It's more concerned with um, sort of establishing its own place in the universe, setting up its own uh, its own lore, unconnected with everything else. Um, so yeah, that's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Why am I repeating? Everyone knows Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, this was honorable mention. It's great. Mm, yeah. um, my number two, also a comic book movie. Maybe you're trumping it. Batman Begins. That um, is in my honorable mentions. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I am like the biggest fan in the world of the Dark Knight trilogy. Again, bringing in the film bro picks here. Uh, I think Batman Begins is fantastic. It is probably, I mean, the Dark Knight is is the best of the three. So this has got to be number two, I think. But uh yeah, it's just such a great intro to this character, I think, um, especially because of what came before it, Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. Um, yeah, it really, like, I mean, th- this movie, I think probably as I'm thinking about it, had, like, out of all the, the comic book movies that have come out in the past 20, 30 years, maybe, like, the greatest influence. Like, it had, that this movie solely changed the entri- entire trajectory of DC. Like, it's the, the reason these movies are so self-serious now, except, like, the Nolan movies did it better. Um, <sighs> sorry, Zack Snyder fans. <laughs> Although I, I, I do kind of like parts of the Zack Snyder movies. They're, I'm, I'm warming up to them, actually. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this one's perfect. Christian Bale's really good. Uh, for me, the, the MVP is Killian Murphy as Scarecrow. Mm-hmm. He is so good in this movie. I actually think he's, like, in this movie a really underrated villain overall that people don't talk about anywhere near as much, of course, because Heath Ledger looms large over 
movies in general because of the Joker, which is just an insane performance. But like Killian Murphy in this movie has just this real creepy energy and a perfect American accent, by the way. Like if you watch him in interviews, he's absolutely nothing like this. And it's as much a transformation as Heath Ledger's is as the Joker. Like he's nothing like this man in real life. He's so good. So like he's one of my favorite actors. Uh, and Liam Neeson makes a good Raz al Ghul or Raish al Ghul if you're going to be annoying. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, what else is there to say? I don't know. I just really like this movie. Great score too. I feel like I've said that about, actually I have said that about literally every one of these movies and I will say it about my number one as well. <laughs> um, there you go. I'll shut up. It's Batman. Everyone knows it. It is. It's true. Uh, it is indeed Batman. Uh, my number two is uh, The Great Gatsby, the 2013 mm. Baz Luhrmann film. Uh, I am much higher in, on, on this movie than I have seen anybody else be. Um, the, the Great Gatsby is my favorite. Is one of my favorite books. It was by far my favorite thing I read for high school, uh, English class. Um, and I just... Sure, this movie is very weirdly anachronistic, and I don't think it entirely works. And there's, you know, there's some quite weird choices made both on the production and performance side. But all in all, I I I, I really dig the aesthetics. I I like the inclusion of some of the rap. Uh, you know, I I, I think yeah. I think it, it really does work for some of the scenes, um, and 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 just establishing you know what sort of world this is and 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 how they want me to feel about it. Um, and uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, I, I think Tobey Maguire's great. I think Leonardo DiCaprio's great. Um, the amount of, of memes that I made and, 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 and <laughs> inside jokes that I yeah. made about this with, with my friends when we watched this in class was just great. Uh, I wrote my final paper um, for the International Baccalaureate about it. Um, and yeah, it's just, I really, really like it. Uh, well, I love it rather. Um, and, uh, just so many of these stylistic choices that, that they're making here, I think are great. And Foster, you mentioned the score for Batman Begins, the score for this one, not just the soundtrack, um, but the score, I just really, really loved. I think it's perfectly emblematic of, um, Fitzgerald's, uh, poetic dialogue. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's, uh, yeah. 13 year old foster saw this in 3d wow. in theaters 3D. that's right that's a, yeah that's a throwback <laughs> yeah uh nine-year-old rowan did not yeah what what a thrill right. for, uh, for a 13 year old boy to right, go yeah. watch this in three dimensions go ahead <laughs> uh, uh 10 year old rowan sorry i mean that was ah, my own my own very minor mistake but um yeah anyways <laughs> uh so your uh, I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, your number one, I believe. My number one is The Sixth Sense. Ooh, nice. Is, have you seen this? I have seen this, yes. Okay. Uh, sorry, I, I always ask you because I just like want to want to make sure you've seen this amazing movie. I This is a formative movie for me. Like, I think when I am thinking back, you know, like Inside Out, uh, the like core memories that she has. This is this is like one of my core memories is this movie. Um, uh, like one of the ones that probably shaped my movie taste more than anyone else. This is right now my second favorite movie of all time. Um, uh, I love everything about this movie. And I think it's one of those ones that is so famous. Everyone knows the like twists and turns this movie takes. Everyone knows the famous lines. He was alive to the point. The time. Yeah. To, to the point <laughs> that like, I think people, as as acclaimed as it is, almost underrated slightly, just because it's like 
it's so popular and it's so ingrained in everyone's minds. Um, but I, it's, it's not just that when you revisit the movie after knowing the twists it takes that it all holds up. It's so much more than that. I think it's shot really, really well. Like there's so many little, it's, here we go. I'll, I'll drop some knowledge. I think it's, his name is pronounced Tak Fujimoto. He's the cinematographer who did like Silence of the Lambs and I think Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's a eclectic mix, but mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Like the way they use the color red to to like signify certain things about about this plot is really cool. I think Haley Joel Osment is the best child performance of all time because the the sort of fear he conveys in these scenes and like the real tears that are coming down from his eyes, that's an insane thing for like a, what is he like? I don't know. I, I don't want to like guess in the age because <laughs> it'll be wrong. But uh, insane stuff that he does in this movie. Like, uh, I, I I wanted him to win. I think I oh I think it's Michael Caine who beat him. Which I guess if someone's going to beat you <laughs> at the Oscars, right. that's a that's a good pick. But uh, I still haven't seen that movie. I think it's Cider House Rules, also with Tobey Maguire, I believe. Um, but yeah, the score is amazing. It's James Newton Howard. Um, it's just one of the best scores I think ever. Bruce Willis, this is back when he cared. Um, he's really good in this movie. Tony Collette is outstanding. Yet again, another actor who is kind of underrated because you watch her in this movie and don't realize what a transformation it is. She's Australian, you know, like in this movie, she's so completely convincing as his mother. Like it almost feels like a, um, not a home movie, but like a little indie movie in terms of the scale, just because of how grounded the actors feel and yet you have these superstars like bruce willis or i guess one superstar bruce willis <laughs> tony collette is a superstar to me i guess but <laughs> i don't know about everyone else and she should have been nominated for hereditary just got to throw that in there um yeah this is a perfect movie it does hold up very well on repeat viewings and i think thematically it's also really deep and pretty resonant but yeah like i was saying it's a formative movie for me i watched this when i was pretty young it's probably like the first real horror movie i watched too i loved it uh i i mean i don't really remember my reaction to the twists but i remember really loving it i watched it with my mom when i was like pretty young (laughs) i was very scared by it too but it's kind of a thrill to be scared when you're young you know Mm -hmm. um yeah the scene uh under the under the blanket with the girl foaming at the mouth scared the crap out of me when i saw it for For me yeah for me it was him being in the school and seeing Mm -hmm. the people hung in the hallway and then Mm -hmm. for like five years i had a fear of people being hanged and i worried that around every corner that i would turn that i would see people being hung (laughs) a weird fear (laughs) but but like uh i don't know so this movie impacted me i guess um yeah this is a perfect movie in my eyes i think early m night Shyamalan is incredible um like I would even go all the way up to The Village, which I think is underrated. I I really like Signs. I think Unbreakable and Sixth Sense are perfect movies. Those are both like top 20 of all time for me. Um, Yeah, I think everything about this movie is perfect. It is my number one. What is your number one? My number one is a perfect movie in my opinion. And that is V for Vendetta. Ah, yes. This would probably be my number. I don't want to say. (laughs) <laughs> Never mind. I, I'm thinking in my head. I'm looking at my list of honorable mentions, which is extensive, and I should shut up and let you talk. But it would be up there. <laughs> um, yeah, I I love V for Vendetta so much. I watch it at least once a year on the fifth of November. Um, it is just you. You can look at this movie in so many ways, and it is so many things. Um, and I just 
I think the performances are what really make it for me, even though just everything about it is just so amazing from the aesthetics, the direction, um, the, the score, um, the cinematography, you know, just, um, any scene that takes place in, in V's, you know, house, his, uh, his, his compound, I just think it's just so gorgeous. Um, Natalie Portman is surprisingly good with a British accent. Uh, even though I don't think the accent is great, I think she's really selling it, which is what matters. Um, Hugo Weaving is the standout, you know, he, he does all the heavy lifting, all like all the heavy lifting without even having his face shown, which is really, really difficult. Um, John Hurt also so good. Um, yeah, this this movie I just of course recently rewatched re- re- it a couple months ago. Man, does it hold up on repeat viewings? Um, mm-hmm. And I I am watching uh, my my favorite movie, Pan's Labyrinth. I'm watching it once a month, at least once a month this year, um, and uh, just to see if I can get tired of it. Uh, v for Vendetta, I believe, is a movie that I couldn't uh, that I could never uh, get 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 tired of. It is just yeah. so fun, so clever. And so um, so intelligent as well. Not not just mm-hmm. in the dialogue. Uh, some of what Hugo Weaving says, I could never say. Um, at least you know, with like, like without too much practice. Um, and uh, it's it's just don't let that stop you. Right. Try. It. Go for <laughs> <It's>, it. Um... <laughs> You'd be really popular. <laughs> uh, fits um, perfectly, by the way, with our alliterative theme. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, its 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 themes are just so on point too, and and are you know unfortunately still um, relevant in some way today too, uh, which is mm-hmm. which always pains me to say about a movie, but because um, you never say that about about a movie with a with a with, with a happy theme, mm. um, but uh, <laughs> yeah yeah you know so that yeah. is V for Vendetta as my number one uh, honorable mentions Foster you have a lot uh, do yeah, you want to. Well- you go first, because then you first. can knock off some of my Fair. mine. I have totally too fair. many, so sorry yeah. <laughs> in advance. Um, that's totally yeah, you, fine. You, <laughs> this is what you get when you ask me to come on, is <laughs> over-preparation. <laughs> um, so I have Wonder Woman. Uh, yep. this, the Sixth Sense Batman Begins, which have already been mentioned. Uh, Pitch Perfect, I quite enjoy yes. this movie. Um Liar, liar! The the yep. Jim Carrey movie. I thought I I, I watched it a couple of years ago. So funny, uh, quite dated, but so funny. Um, and uh, the last one I have is a movie that a lot of people don't like, but I found it in me to enjoy the uh, Jim Jarmusch film, The Dead Don't Die. Uh, I had mm. a lot of fun with that one as well. So over to you, Mike. Yeah, I've never seen a Jim Jarmusch movie. He's like a, I guess a blind spot for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll get to him eventually. <laughs> okay. Deep breath. Here we go. Um, this one has alliteration in it, but Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I don't know if that would count because um, of the Chocolate Factory ruining everyone's day. Um, okay. Memories of Murder, Bong Joon-ho. I think it's as good as Parasite. Um, Glen Gary, Glenn Ross. Fantastic movie. Uh, La La Land. Um, Blues Brothers. I love the Blues Brothers. That is a fun movie. Uh, Pride and Prejudice. Come On, Come On, which counts as alliteration, even though it's just the same word twice, is a recent one that I loved. Sleepless in Seattle is fun. 50-50, like Come On, Come On, it's the same thing twice, but whatever. Uh, North by Northwest. King Kong. I also like Peter Jackson's King Kong remake um, more than most people. I also had Guardians of the Galaxy. Revolutionary Road is a good one with Kate Winslet. It's kind of grueling. It's just like yelling the movie. Um, but you know, she's great in it. 
Uh, weirdly enough, she could not be nominated for that because for whatever reason, the Oscars put her in as a lead actress for that and for the reader, I think, um, even though other awards shows did not. And so she was nominated for the reader instead of this and won for the reader. So she lost to herself <laughs> in a sense. <laughs> She's that good. Um, the Suicide Squad, careful to remember the the there. Right. <laughs> Man, Man on the Moon, which is also Jim Carrey, where he's playing Andy Kaufman perfectly. Red Rocket came out last year and was really good. Uh, kind of not for everyone, I'll just say. Uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, again, two Bs, one S, but whatever. Uh, but no BS. <laughs> Sorry, I can't do that. Um, it's a good movie. <laughs> Ford v. Ferrari. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Swimming with Sharks is a fun random one from the 90s, I think. I also had Wonder Woman. Karate Kid should be mentioned. I did have Great Gatsby. I think it's fun. Summer of Soul is a good documentary. Have you seen Anna and the Apocalypse? I have not. It's been on my list forever. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Um, It's one that I watched it and I was underwhelmed, but I've listened to the soundtrack because it is a zombie Christmas musical. Um, uh, the soundtrack is really, really fun, and it's one that's grown on me significantly since I watched it. Um, Curious Case of Benjamin Button. It's got a twofer there with the alliteration. Greener Grass is a random movie that's a comedy that like not a lot of people saw, but it was on Hulu for a while. I don't know if it's still there, but I kind of recommend that because it's quirky. Dirty Dancing. Yep, I'm still going. Horton Hears a Who. There's a movie called Martha Marcy May Marlene with uh, a great Elizabeth Olsen performance from... I think it's like 2011 or something like that. Uh, Dancer in the Dark is a grueling one, also a musical. It's Lars von Trier. It's with Bjork. <laughs> uh, Wayne's World, worth mentioning, Dumb and Dumber. Ad Astra is an interesting movie. I think it's maybe a little bit better than its reputation, even if I don't love it, but it's beautiful to look at. Same cinematographer as Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, I think, Hoyt Van Hoytema, who is my main man. Seven main Samurai man. is a classic. Seventh Seal is a classic. Uh, I'm saying they're a classic because I didn't quite connect with them as much as I hoped, but they should be <laughs> mentioned anyways. Um, Mad Max, Beauty and the Beast. Exhale. I'm done. There we go. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, so those were our favorite movies with alliterative titles. Uh, quite a fun and uh, uh, quite, a, quite an interesting category. You know, based on nothing but the title alone. Uh, now, yeah. we are going to move on to our last segment uh, and expand the universe a little bit. Uh, and just mention something in the pop culture universe that we would like to uh, discuss, whether it be good or whether it be terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, Foster, you want to go first? Sure. Has anyone ever done anything terrible, terrible, terrible? Uh, I'm going to do something terrible, terrible, terrible today. Uh, and oh, I, boy. I have talked about, I, I talked about thanks killing three once on this, on this uh, oh, no. segment. That's so, true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. My recommendation over the weekend, I went ahead and watched all the Wallace and Gromit stuff. And I thought that was a blast. Um, there are four main short films. They were all on Amazon prime. They're half an hour each. Uh, they are wonderful. There is one feature-length movie. It's like an hour and a half called Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, there's some other like random scattered stuff. Like I found one, which was also on Amazon Prime, which is just like a collection of one-minute shorts. That one's not as exciting and is not really essential, but is fun anyways. 
And then there's one other thing, which is like Wallace and Gromit something, something. And it's really just a science program that happens to have like two seconds of Wallace and Gromit. So I skipped that. But anyways, the four shorts are fantastic and are some of the best things I've ever seen, especially the second one, The Wrong Trousers, Mm. was like the greatest thing on the planet for me. I'm a huge, huge fan of stop motion animation. Uh, I think it's just the coolest thing on the planet. Um, And I don't know, the fact that you can not only get these characters to move their mouths in a way that's convincing that they're talk, convincing you that they're speaking those words, but to also be funny with stop motion clay is just ridiculous. Um, and it's got a perfect British sense of humor. It also plays with horror too, mm-hmm. in a, a surprising amount of the, of the shorts and the movie, of course, the curse of the were rabbit as in like a werewolf, <laughs> it plays with so many of those tropes too, which, was fun. I've seen, I had seen the movie before, like when I was younger, it had been, it's been a while since I watched it, but I'd never seen the shorts. Um, and yeah, this is like already going to be like one of the best things I'll see all year, I think. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm definitely going to watch these again and I would wholeheartedly recommend them. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I love Wallace and Gromit as well. Um, the, uh, I believe it was in the wrong trousers, the penguin. Yep. Um, I just gold, um, I think there was, <laughs> there was one that, that's just st- stood out for me for whatever reason. There was one, I don't remember which one it was, but there was some sort of robot dog. Am I misremembering that? Yeah, that's um, the third one. Yeah, um, um, that scared the crap out of me when I was younger, um, when we watched yeah. it on VHS um, <laughs> in, our, in our TV downstairs. Um, yeah, that that one freaked me out a lot, but I I love Curse of the Were Rabbit especially. It's just so yeah. good, so much fun, and really really funny. Uh, and and just the animation on all of them is incredible, um, mm-hmm. especially from the um, especially from the, uh, the late '90s. You know, the the the, the stop motion. Um, but... Yeah, apparently the first half an hour one I think took six years to make. Wow, it's 30, 30 minutes long, and you're spending six years just slowly crafting the clay. I, it's so amazing. I, in another life, I would have been like a stop motion animator, but I've just, it's like, I've never even tried it once. <laughs> it's right. too late now, but like, that's so cool to me that people do that. Um, yeah. I, I, you love Guillermo del Toro. Are you excited for Pinocchio? Absolutely. Me too. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is like, ooh, right at the top for this I, year. For I, me. I didn't even need to see, uh, um, uh, the teaser that they put out to know, like all yeah. that I was needed like all that I needed was Guillermo del Toro, stop motion Pinocchio, Mussolini's Italy. I'm in. <laughs> That's all I need. Right. All I need is Mussolini's Italy. All I need is Mussolini. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not as Italy, just Mussolini. Um, yeah. I, I looked it up. It was in a, a close shave. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the robot dog. Um, mm-hmm. And I am looking at a picture now that says that I was validated in, in my nightmares. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, today I'm going to talk about... Uh, that's my boy, a movie with oh, Andy yeah. Samberg and um, Adam Sandler that was filmed in my hometown and in some towns around my hometown, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> uh, Andy Samberg is the son of Adam Sandler. Um, when he was in eighth grade, Adam Sandler had an affair with his teacher and uh the teacher was thrown in prison uh, and Andy Samberg was the baby. Um, You're talking about the movie. I had like a, a moment where I was like, did he? 
<laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Um, and so now, um, at uh, Andy Samberg, I don't remember these characters' names, and because I, I don't care. Um, but uh, Andy Samberg just wants to, you know, he's getting married. He has sort of he has cut Adam Sandler long uh, out of his life long ago. And uh, but Adam Sandler is coming back, and he needs um, he needs money, or else he's going to go to jail because he's been avoiding his taxes for fifteen years. Um, so uh, yeah, this <laughs> a lot is, going on. <laughs> yeah, um, this movie is in every sense of the word terrible and a slog to sit through. But my God, I don't know why, but it was so funny. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't have been. Every single joke it made is so juvenile, and I I didn't find Adam Sandler funny at all. But everything around him is just absurdly hilarious. Um, <laughs> Andy Samberg, I have not seen a bad performance from An- Andy Samberg. He is always giving it his all, um, mm-hmm. and he is he by far the best part of this movie. Um, but. Uh, the only reason I watched it was because it was filmed uh, in my town. There was actually a scene. Uh, there, there was one shot where Adam Sandler is barreling down the road in a in a sports car with vanilla ice um, that was filmed uh, right by my house. Um, so, and that was exciting to see it for for <laughs> half a second. Um, but <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, it, it, it's just don't watch this movie. But if you feel the need to, it's on Netflix. It's not the worst way to spend a uh, hundred minutes. Um, there are worse comedies out there, but there are also so much better comedies out there. So I would recommend watching another one. Um, one thing I think was um, unfortunate is that uh, hold on, um, there was an actress in here. I don't remember the name, but she was quite elderly in this. And I looked her up and I found out that she had, she, she had passed away not long after oh, no. this movie was, was released. Um, and I hope to God, this was not her last movie um, because she is the most objectified older woman in, in like, like not for, not for like elder things, but Peggy sec- Stewart? Um, maybe that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so this it doesn't look like this that, that this was her last movie okay. um, but um actually she she was in one tv show after this um so i guess it was her last movie um but she is the single most um like like they try to make her incredibly sexy and it, it just it feels so icky and uncomfortable um and uh, i it, it was just I don't really know what else to say about this movie. It's so weird and it's really bad, but for some reason I had a fun time watching it. So um, that should just say all it needs to about my very conflicting feelings about this movie. So um, that's my boys on Netflix. Um, Foster, where are the Wallace and Gromit uh, shorts and movie available? If, if anywhere. Uh, the shorts are on Amazon prime. Uh, the movie, you would have to rent it somewhere, but I rented it also on Amazon prime. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, so, that will conclude this week's episode of The Lenient Critic. Foster, I want to thank you once again for joining me. Um, wonderful to have you, as always. Um, is there anywhere uh, that you would like to lead the folks listening? Uh, any social media? Any accounts anywhere? Uh, perhaps. Uh, there, <laughs> I have Letterboxd and Twitter. Twitter, I do nothing uh, except sneakily like other people's things. And I've then, noticed. Yeah, uh, <laughs> do they pop liked by Foster 
H probably. Yes, I, I get so little Twitter notifications that like any Twitter notification is is fun for me. Um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm on it too much. I really, I just made it, this is a detour. I made it like a, for the Siftpop people so that they could link me to something. And then of mm-hmm. course now it's just like consumed my free scrolling time on my phone and computer. So maybe it was a mistake <laughs> to, to invent social media and to, um, I don't know, and to partake. But anyways, I have that. So check that out uh, and contribute to my steadily declining mental health. Anyways, Letterboxd, uh, I also have and use even more frequently. And I write a lot of stuff on there. Actually, I just the I reviewed the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. Nailed that title, by the way. Uh, that is now my most liked review on there. So that's nice. kind of fun. Very nice. Kind of so random too. Yeah. I think all the Kristen Bell stands just found it. It's not. It's like fourteen people, but really funny to me because you can like see their profile pictures right. and it's just like fifteen-year-old girls. But okay, um, <laughs> which that show is amazing, by the way. It's very funny. Yeah, um, I saw you did a thing reviewing it. Yes, um, I did a bonus episode with uh, Chris from Chris. Yes. Um, yeah. So, anyways, find me on Letterboxd and. That is at F-O-S-T-H-1-0-1. Uh, that is also the Twitter. So there is a five-minute answer to your very quick question. But uh, this is what you get, again, when you bring, when you bring me on here. Really long, rambly answers. Um, I'm also on Letterboxd. Uh, the Screen Avenger is my username, or you can just search up my name, Rowan Wood. I'm also on Twitter at Bits of Joel. And please keep going to theleniatcritic.com. I have a lot of uh, stuff on there, podcasts, reviews, articles. Um, and I am now a um, – I, I write stuff for Sifpop, but I am now writing for another website. Uh, speaking of things being recorded out of order, uh, next week on um, the Sundance episode, I make an allusion to the fact that I may be writing something for uh, Bernard's website, The Invention of Dreams. And that very thing, uh, my first article on there was published today. Um, as of uh, when we are recording, February 5th, I wrote about uh, how Cape Cod, where I'm from, is so poorly represented and misused in film and television. Uh, speaking of that's my boy. Um, and I am quite proud of that article. I think it's one of the best things I've ever written. So if you want to go to theinventionofdreams.com, check that out along with a lot of stuff from some very talented people. Same with Sip Pop. Um, so uh, all those of you listening out there, I want to thank you so much. Uh, I'll be back next week and the week after and the week after that. You will never get rid of me. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, I will see you then. Bye-bye.